This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains mentions and spoilers from the entire Dark Olympus series by Katie Robert. Everybody and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the fantasy literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing book six in the Dark Olympus series. This is Midnight Ruin by Katie Robert. And shout out to NetGalley for getting us or approving us to have an advanced listener's copy, which is so interesting because we were approved for it the day of the traditional copy release. And then we went to Audible and it said that it wasn't releasing till the 30th. And then we looked again today at the time of the recording and now it is available. So however you read that, this is great. We both read this through our advanced listener copy twice. Um and there's a lot to be said, things that we picked up the second time and things we definitely skipped the second time. Um, Laura, what has been your experience? You've read this twice now. What has your experience been knowing you're, you don't typically come from romance? That's not like your base genre. And there's a lot of rope. I don't know if you could say romance, but there, there's a lot going on here that's not related to the plot. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on here and I'm glad you bring that up. So here's the thing. If you are a long-time listener, then you know this already and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I came from a like historical fiction kind of situation background. Romance is not my genre. So it is like an exercise in growth to read romance books for me and I enjoy these specific ones uh or i have uh for a while now here's here's the thing though um because i don't have a background in romance <laughs> it is difficult to suspend suspend all of the belief here right all of the disbelief that is happening um i found myself in this book in particular um laughing at 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 situations and just being like <laughs> specifically thinking like people don't talk like this or this would never happen and, and you would think like oh it's the shootouts no i'm not talking about that <laughs> I agree that that's totally realistic i mean this is that a, feels more this, realistic than I'm, yeah, I mean, like, that feels more realistic than what I'm talking about. We'll get to it. But I just, so when I finished this for the second time, I sat back and I really wondered, um, is it me? Again, I guess this, you know, 2024, <laughs> is it me? Am I the problem? And yeah, 2024, probably, the year of growth. Let's talk about it. The year of growth. Let's talk about it. Is Laura a snarky, jaded bitch? I don't know. Jess, 
Is is am I a jaded <laughs> turkey bitch? Yeah, am I the asshole here? Uh, let's let's start to the audience. Um, am I the asshole here? Uh, no, I I have to say that I very much enjoyed the plot in this book. Um, the plot as it relates to the overarching storyline of these books, I don't really give a fuck about these people is that weird no because okay first not the asshole and 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 i do come from a romance background so you would think that i would be eating the romance shit up and then be like blah 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 plot i was not that way in this one i don't know what the connections were um I remember when we were in our cruel seduction episode, we were like, I don't think it added to the previous book, Radiant Radiance, and we both loved. There was so much plot. It was like, what did we call it? It was sexy clue. Like we were into it. And we kept saying, We'll we will find out more in the next book. And then the next book, Cruel Seduction, it was very much, well, if it isn't the consequences of your own actions. It was sexy time and of course, we found out what the clause was. Now people are going to die. And even we tried to, we, we refreshed each other of what happened in that book. That was the takeaway. And we said in that episode, you know, we will see what happens in this book, Midnight Ruin, to see how all of those little pieces in Cruel Seduction would play out. Here we are with Midnight Ruin. And so far, the only takeaway from Cruel Seduction right now is the Eurydice and Ariadne scenes that we very much get here. Um, and it was just like they were planting the seeds, but those were the only seeds that feel that were pertinent to the series so far. And now here we are with all of the, the Eurydice and Ariadne scenes. The plot is what drove the story, not the romance in this one. And even in the romance, I think we could go, I, I don't even know where do we start with the pattern or the frustration with the romance, because the first thing I said was, uh, Orpheus isn't begging enough, and we need to normalize men groveling and begging for forgiveness and us saying no and still denying it. And I get, I get it. That's not part of the or- Orpheus Eurydice story and retelling. I understand. But I'm just, no, this isn't the only time that a man has had to beg for forgiveness and um, the women are always taking them back. But to start with that, does this follow the pattern, Laura? Yes. Yes, I do think. I, gosh, I'm just thinking about like how much I agree with you. I Sorry. Yeah, it does follow the pattern, <laughs> but I agree with you, Orphea. He did not beg nearly enough we'll get to it yes uh this does follow the pattern specifically really if you look at the first five chapters then absolutely i mean that's the whole thing but the first three gets you everything the first two gets you enough the first one gets you vibes like so it's all there i think that's fair because we always talk about the pattern as like the prologue or the first five chapters but when we were talking about the pattern for this one before we started recording i was like no Chapter one is only about your city at Hades sex club. And she's there solo because Ariadne isn't joining her. And that's when you were like, ah, yes, how you're, you're on the right direction, but look at our whole, um, 
our whole conversation that surrounds the pattern. It isn't the first chapter. It isn't it, there. There is a bigger picture there that encapsulates where the pattern derived from. And if you want to be like a stickler about it, then like, yeah, first chapter, uh, your city is waiting for Ariadne. She doesn't show up. Why doesn't Ariadne show up? I don't know. Things are afoot with my nose. What's afoot with my nose? I don't know. The rest of the fucking plot. <laughs> so you could say that. You could say that. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right. As as always, I think, Jess, always. as 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 always, um, you're you're right, because this this first chapter is is establishing like who your city is. Right. She wants to be like on her own, but she can't because Kara's her best friend and like he's there with her all the time. And she's not allowed in the club unless he's there with her. It's like a bodyguard best friend situation. Uh, and he like breaks up a makeout or Karen breaks up a makeout session with Thanatos. We just read something else that had Thanatos in it. So it threw me a little bit. I don't yeah, know. I can't remember Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. But again, if you want to talk about the pattern, Eurysity is like, I don't need your permission to take a lover. Uh, if you're not going to fuck me, then get out of my way. There's there's the rest of this plot there. Speaking of reading something that threw me off is when everybody was caring about Pan and him getting out of the hospital in this book. I go, wait a second. I thought we hated Pan. Then I remembered we hate Pan in the the yeah in the like the Disney retelling series, but which is also written by Katie. You're just like, oh my god. There's just so much. Yeah, there's just a lot. There's 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 a lot. I love that you bring up that other series um, by Katie because we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Uh, Just did you like Karen as a character? He wasn't. I mean, I didn't not like him. I just he was there. Yeah, like, and he was just like. I, I just feel like the men in this one fell flat. They both felt like wet blankets in their own right. They were just, I mean, granted, he he put Rurisity on a pedestal. They were, he was never just friends with her. Like, he's loved her since the first time that he saw her. I get that. Um, he was just like, he was so, he was simping for her really bad. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but the way it came across was very like, okay, dude, have a spine. Well, okay, here here's... I love that you say it that way, because oh, when, when when Karen does like we were saying, Karen, we listen to the audio. They pronounce it as Karen. That's what we're saying. Uh, as Karen catches Eurysity making out with their Thanatos and they like have this really awkward conversation, like sexy conversation. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk about it. I have been on record i think by saying that i just hate baby as a pet name i i i dislike it i dislike it i mm, and and it falls just you saying that the men fall flat here is pretty excellent because as soon as the word baby came out of his mouth i went oh <laughs> no because <laughs> it, it no because no because uh it's jasmine right it's jasmine that oh, is that's also baby right. he was baby always girl, with the baby there right? baby girl oh i totally forgot about that maybe i just wanted to blank that out 
Yeah. So I, I just, I dislike it. There are a million things that you can call her. A million things. Pull up Hades in this one. He kept, he keeps calling Persephone my little siren. I was like, yes, we love you, Hades. Yes. Like it can be a million things. It does not have to be baby. And baby took me out of it. Well, I was sending you voice memos too. I was like, let's get this, you know, and I was like, obviously I was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was very much uh, with the exception of baby. Let's get the, like, let's get the show on the road, baby. (laughs) It's just so, I don't know. Maybe it's because we listened to it. If we read it, it might not have irked us so much. I don't know. But the cadence in which the narrator say it, say it with that inflection too. Let's rock and roll, baby. Baby. (laughs) It's just really awkward. And and here's the other thing. Their conversation here, Karen and Eurysthenes' conversation, goes from zero to 100 real fucking quick. Real fucking quick. He's like, well, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about, like, riding other people's cock if you talk to me first. I was like, what? Hello? Hello? I just met you, sir. <laughs> I, the reader, have just met you. What the fuck are you talking about? I noticed something in the second read where he he just came across like when he was talking to Euricity. It reminded me of the one book that we recently read um, where remember when he goes, oh, you should get over your grief. You should get over your grief of your dead husband by fucking me. That one, it gave me the same vibes the second read with Charon where he's trying to convince um, Eurysthenes, she to to like get over your grief of this past relationship. He's like, I've given you enough time to get over Orpheus. Like he he kind of it, it, it's a little awkward reading it the second time when I had that second like I gave you enough time to grieve. You should have moved on by now. To be fair, to be fair, I agree with him because Orpheus is a little little oh, piece of shit boy, and he she is. should be he she is. should have. Taking this long to get over this wet blanket of a man. Yeah, they weren't even together that long, and they were on again, off again. So, like, I do like a childhood crush, like attachment. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's part of like the longevity of it, because like I saw it both ways. But I did. But the second time in that read, I really like. I took it. I took on his context a different way. And again, I don't think I would have taken that context if I read it as opposed to listening to it because it is part of it is the delivery. That's true. That's very true. And when Karen is having this conversation with Eurysity where he's like, whoa, uh, she says like, you're my best friend. Like I'm a broken person, Karen. Like I can't be with you. You deserve somebody with a whole heart, someone who loves you. Like it would be sex only. And he's like, I can't do that. Like I care too much for you. Then, then he's like, I love you. I love you. Marry me. In his head, he goes like, like, marry marry me. me. (laughs) Uh, Um, Well, they both acknowledge also that even though she's broken, she does have feelings for him because they both acknowledge that they care about each other. And even though if it if they just had sex, it would never be just sex because their relationship is deeper than that. And kind of to what you said, Jess, about Karen kind of giving like off weird vibes. Uh, He does say, like, you threw this gauntlet at me, baby. Like, let's give it a shot. It's like, so, like, she's the one that, like, you know, 
I think another reason why part of this just doesn't really hit for me is, of course, and I'm on record for saying this, um, best friends to lovers is like one of my least favorite tropes for so many reasons. Oh, my gosh. So many many reasons. Oh, my God. Not to mention real life, but Jesus. Uh, But in books, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm here for fantasy. I'm not here for it to mirror real life. Gross. Um. But, okay, okay, talking about the pattern, I guess, a little bit, like, I mean, we, we, let's, let's move this along. Um, we have, this whole thing is set in the lower city, more or less, which is really nice. Love being in the lower city, love being around Hades and Persephone and the dogs, we love it. Um, but we get, again, in these opening chapters, the, uh, like, assassination kind of rundown of what's going on, like, Again, the general population knows about the assassination clause, but not about the details. So they're just picking people off. <laughs> so Triton uh, was taken out and Poseidon like took a knife, but he is okay. And the upper city isn't safe. He is not safe. And um, Karen is like, you know what? You know what? I want a relationship with you, Euricity. Again, I love you. I love you. You need closure. You need closure. I will get that for you. So he fucks off to the upper city to go bring or or to go like threaten Orpheus to be like, figure it out, my guy, which I think is very funny. Like, (laughs) I just think it's very funny because he's dumb and he doesn't. He just like soldiers through. (laughs) It's just very funny. Oh, my God. He's like, figure it out. Like, I don't care. But like, you need to figure this out because I'm trying to move on with the love of my life. And she wants to move on. She can't because she's hung up on you and Orpheus is like she's hung up on me there's still hope but at the same time he's like I'm not a selfish person anymore so the least I can do is like have FaceTime with her to apologize to her after he already gave the apology note to Apollo who gave it to Euricity in Radiant Sin yes also hello Apollo and Cassandra you know they were um Orpheus was there just like complaining. <laughs> yeah, he was complaining. And then, then Cassandra's like, you can stay for dinner. And Orpheus is all like, woe is me. I'm happy for my brother and he's in love, but I'm just so jealous that he has love and I don't because I, fu- I get it. I fucked it up, but I'm jealous. So meh. There's a little fun fact here that is very briefly mentioned. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Triton's daughters have been secured. They are secured. Let's just never mention that again. Where are they? Who has them? What's going on? How many of them are there? No, fuck off. I thought that was an interesting addition, knowing that this series connects with the Disney retelling series, um, per Katie herself. And like we had speculated for some time. Um, but we only know that Ariel is in that series. I haven't heard reference of the other daughters just yet, like Triton's other daughters. Yeah, so I, I want I want like details. I want details on that. Uh, also, 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 I do really love the language that Karen uses when he is at Orpheus' apartment, telling him to figure it out. He's like, "You are haunting each other," and I love that. That is excellent, excellent language, and a really good way to describe that situation. I think uh, in a way that because Eurystheus is like, it's so pathetic, it's so pathetic. And, and like, if you just like kind of look at it, like, yeah, I guess, but she, 
she was like really hurt. Like she could have been killed because he's like an asshole. Like it was bigger than that. She felt there was so much self doubt. And she's like, you cared so little of me. And I lost who I was as a person, you know, and this is of course through uh, Katie's writing that one thing she is great at is ensuring that her characters are always communicating. Well, and let's talk about that. Let us talk about that. When uh, Ari or no, when Eurydice uh, fucks off and sneaks out of oh. Hades' house and <laughs> goes so too soon. Oh uh, no, and goes to meet Ariadne on the bridge. She takes the time to text Eris and be like, "Yo, this is where I am. I'm going to meet Ariadne. I'm gonna see if I can get this information, and I will text you when I am done." Like that is fucking smart, and and that never happens. Characters. Never do that. No, because remember with Psyche and Eros in book two, that didn't happen. And that's when Psyche was like, I fucked up. Everybody thinks I'm in place A and I'm really in place B. And I just set up my own like suicide mission. Yeah, it's just it was just so smart. It was like, oh, my God, thank you. Finally, a character is acting smart for once i was shocked i was absolutely shocked i love it so much and she also had a gun like she was like and i've been at the range like shooting and like trying to learn how to be like a little bit safer because i know all this shit is going down like she was ready i really really loved this like practicality out of her and there's a self-awareness that she has too because even as the little sister she goes like look i understand that i've painted myself and i kind of put pigeonholed myself into this role as little sister who's helpless um because that was easier that was easier with like you know in a house full of women all of my sisters are older all my mother is controlling the self-awareness there um but also wanting to grow outside of that perception that she is aware that she created herself and wanted, like she even said, she, like you said, she grabbed the gun and she had the self-awareness. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I know this isn't regulated to me. Um, that being said, it's probably better that Karen's going to feel better that I would have acted and been protected if he wasn't here protecting me. Yeah, it's 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 really good. So and we get plot here, too. And if you want to go like pattern stuff, this is chapter four. So like, mm. but here here is plot. Ariadne spills the beans. Triton's uh, killing was on purpose. It was orchestrated by Minos and his benefactor and another person. Uh, the barrier is failing. Poseidon's family is uh, the key to the outside barrier. Uh, BT Dubs, the Minotaur, is obsessed with me, Ariadne. Uh, everyone needs to be careful. And this, all of this bullshit drama is the first wave. Everything is being softened up for something. This whole book still feels like it's softened up for something. Something. Yes. Something. Uh, and then, Jess, we get to... Um, Car hookup? <laughs> That's chapter five. It's Caron's chapter. And they he's like, you didn't, you went to the bridge without me, blah, blah, blah. We need to talk about last night. And- this, is a, this is a suspension of, <laughs> this is where I was laughing my ass off. I'm sorry. I cannot take this entire scene. Just take this scene from me. I will just laugh. <laughs> so they're arguing. I, I mean... I feel like the long and the short of it, they're arguing. And he's like, if you mean what you meant last night, because previous night they had that whole, I don't even want to say falling out, but like admitting that they're hot for each other and they like each other. Um, let's 
hook up in the car and Carolyn's like, I'm going to do this. Um, let me take you to my car before I like ravage you in public. And they go to the back of his car. They're hooking up. They get off. They hook up again. All, all this time during these moments, Orpheus is tra- <laughs> trudging through the barrier from the upper city to the lower city. I can't wait to post this because Laura's losing it. Um, and she's just, <laughs> and Orpheus is like, I can do it. People walk through this barrier all the time and people will do it drunk to see if they can. And I need to be selfless to apologize to Euricity. And he's just like walking along, looking for Euricity. He doesn't know where to look, but he knows she's here somewhere. And then she, I hear a moan. I'd know that moan anywhere. At this point, um, I texted Laura and I was like, okay, Tamlin, what's up? And so he creeps over to the fucking car and he's like, I can't help myself. I know I'm his peeping Tom. <laughs> Stop. Stop it right now. But I keep watching. So Orpheus is fucking watching them. Like, okay, voyeurism. Like, that's not what I'm laughing at. It's how it's written. And we just can't take it seriously. And... As she's like coming, she sees him and screams. It's difficult to describe <laughs> the, the the feeling of. See, here's: Am I the asshole? Oh, crap. Am I the asshole? Because because I mean the quotes here. Oh, you um, pulled the quote. You're still hard. <laughs> You didn't wear a condom. Oh, yeah, because at this point she screams and then Charon jumps out of the car, gun to head for Orpheus. Yeah, and Orpheus immediately goes like, oh, God, I must look at your cock. There's a lot of cocks here. Must look at your cock. Um, and just starts like talking off the cuff, just like, you're wild. still hard and you're not wearing a condom. I didn't yeah. realize it was like that between y'all. Yeah, he was like, I'm here to say sorry. <laughs> like, I was invited. I'm sorry. And Eurystice like, what the fuck, dude? And then they bundle him in. They bundle Orpheus into this car. And the the quote is that his hand lands on a wet spot. They must have been at it for hours. Uh, whoa. Whoa. Okay. Great. Excellent stuff. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um. Um, he's, Karen is driving naked, um, without shoes. Here's the thing. I was taught to always wear shoes when you drive, always, and not wear flip-flops. Um, is it for a grip thing? Uh, well, we grew up in Florida. So flip-flops was because, uh, if you weren't careful, they could get stuck underneath the pedals and you could get into a car accident. But, uh, you should always wear shoes when you're driving because if you are in an accident, you do not want to have to walk over glass or pavement without shoes on. I know that in Florida, it's illegal to drive without your shoes. And I learned that after the fact that I would drive without my shoes. I'd go to the beach and I'd just like hop in. And I didn't think of the smart reason you should wear shoes. I was just like, it is too hot. 
I can't put anything on. That's how I found out it was illegal. Not that somebody pulled me over for that, but I was just curious about it. Yeah, it's just it's one of those it was one of those things that I was taught you should always wear shoes. So at my great age, I was like, Karen, what are you doing? You're not a security. I guess you drive real careful. You got all these people in the car, but my guy, you can throw your briefs on and throw your sakis on and be a little safer, my guy. But you know, it's just me. Um, but they get to the townhouse and now we're in chapter seven. We're out of the pattern. Okay. So um Eurycity, uh Eurycity and Karen have this conversation where I am a little uncomfortable because the word is it end game, game is used. <laughs> I uh, feelings that you can't can't describe that the feeling that I had when I, when I heard that they are end game they could be anything else to describe the solidity of this relationship. Oh, they're not just end game; they're end game, baby. Mm. <laughs> My you get like a double things. whammy there with both of those things you don't like. Yum. <laughs> it is, you know, and here, okay, I respect Karen a bit because he's like, I will take you, Eurycity, no matter what. I would rather have Orpheus like between us, like physically, than have his like ghost between us. Like, let's just like work all this shit out together. Like, I respect that. And I think that they have and end up having a relatively really healthy relationship and that they take the time to have the, the hard conversations. I do very much appreciate that. And what else I appreciate is specifically with Charon and Orpheus, obviously spoilers, spoilers for this whole book for this episode, is there isn't an insta-love. There is an acknowledgement of, look, bro. I don't really know you, so I can't say that I love you, but like, you're cool. I like you. Like, we're vibing right now. And then it eventually, you know, progresses to be like, I can see myself falling for you. I mean, the progression is there, but it is never a straight up. Like, I like that acknowledgement that it that isn't this insta love thing. And even Orpheus acknowledges, like, being with Euricity strings are attached and part of those strings is Orpheus and there is like a need and a want and it's all kind of messy but the communication is there with all the parties even when Orpheus is asking like if we're like in this thruple or does that also mean that we're in open relationship and Eurycity does a full stop like that's not for us to discuss just the two of us to decide this is a bigger conversation that we have to have with all all members of this party right now plot the greenhouse that hades and persephone frequent is trashed lesser plot euricity walks him like a dog walk him like a dog bitch walk him like a dog yes yes but not nearly as much as she not should nearly have enough this is one scene i almost want to consider it puppy play yeah no i have a confession here's the thing i I know that this was marketed as like a puppy play book and Katie spoke on like what kind of puppy play this would be. And she was like very specific and like all of this stuff. Um, but uh, it's, it's really one, two scenes. If you're generous, I, he, you know, much longer, much longer make this man beg. Beg. Make him beg. Make him beg. And he wants to, too. Like, he wants to. He and he loves it. He loves it. He even says his internal dialogue. Um, 
I say the first time, really the only time, is he's like, this is so nice that I'm not making these choices for me. I'm being told. Like, this is just like, ah. And then in a, like another internal dialogue, he's like, man, I wish he kind of would just walk me like a dog and tell me what to do because it was so nice to turn off my brain for a moment. And she does. She, you know, she orders, uh, she orders, Orpheus to clean the floors. He love it. Crawl. I love it. Come sit. You know, I'll pet you. Uh, this is also Euricity stepping into her power, feeling peace, feeling like she owns herself. A sense of um, control there, too. A sense of control. And what does I think Karen says, like, you're steady on your feet. So that I, you know, that's and she's like, I feel steady on my feet. Um, They end up having like a very sexy scene here like you know orpheus you can watch if you want he chooses to you know very fun there's a lot of sucking off there's a lot of like yeah there's fluids and at the end they all kind of like cuddle and like rest their hand on orpheus's head more of that is all i have to say here um because we go from that to lunch with persephone at the dryad um to to what what Whoa, they have lunch. Orpheus joins them and Persephone is like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, oh, he'll just wait in the car. And the generous part of walking him like a dog is where she goes, it's implied that she's saying that's what a good boy would do. And that was it. That was, that it. was literally it. That's the generous part of that. Um, I like Persephone's in big sister mode. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? What is this situation? Uh, you try to fuck around with my sister again, there won't be a body left. And Eurysthenes like, come on, Persephone, that's not fair. It's not about being fair. You fucked with my little sister. Yeah, yeah. And and also what I kind of don't think is fair is that they go to lunch and your city just ditches Persephone there and goes with Orpheus in a cab to Ariadne to and the, the city to detail. the gardens. Yeah, they ditch everybody. It's just like, mm, okay. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, Hades and Karen are just like having this little conversation about like, is the greenhouse an inside job? What does that mean? We are reminded that Hades' father is alive and well this whole time and that Andreas knew and that he's in exile. Um, you know, and, Oh, this is where we get the gem of Poseidon reports that contents are missing from his like shipping containers and they don't know what they are or where they're going. We still don't know. The shipping containers is like a big part of the plot in Radiant Sin. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like this book entire, this is another reason why I don't think Cruel Seduction, I think you can argue that you can go from Radiant Sin to here as of right now where we are in the series. And this is coming from two people who always say, if the author writes it, you should read it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, Ariadne, Ariadne is pregnant. Ariadne is in a panic. She meets Orpheus and Eurydice in the gardens, and she demands, like, "Yo, I am pregnant. I need sanctuary. I need an abortion trigger, I guess, and I need an abortion today, today, right now, today." I appreciate the stipulations of like now. I, you know, if you're going to do it, do it, I guess. Um, it's the Minotaurs. Okay. She's like, he's going to get the wrong idea. All right. More about that, I guess. And Hades arranges all of it. Karen picks him up and off they go. Off they go. And he's so mad at her about this, which again, I understand. 
He's not mad at her for going. He's mad at her for not communicating and that she broke a promise to him um, that she wasn't going to go anywhere, that she was going to stay with the security detail because things are afoot. Things are happening. And he's very much concerned for her safety. And he's probably like concerned for his ass a little bit for getting chewed out by his boss because that's his sister-in-law. And so she even says like, it was the right thing to do or whatever. And he goes, that's not what I'm mad about. I'm mad that you lied to me. I'm mad that you like put your safety at risk. I'm mad that you broke your promise to me. I would have been here, but the only call I got was from Haiti saying, you need to go to wherever Euricity is. She's in, like, she needs help. And he goes, that's, he goes, I literally just confessed my love to you. And now I have no context of what's going on. And the punishment for that is a full body paint. I mean, of sorts. <laughs> of sorts. Full body paint. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, so I put sexy time torture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Calypso and Medusa are going to take Ariadne. She can't stay there. We know this. Um, Karen asks Orpheus, like, yo, my guy, why don't you paint anymore? Orpheus says, I lost my muse. I lost all the color in the world. All right, fine, my guy. Paint your city. Paint her head to toe. Okay. Um, there's a lot, again, of fluids here. I imagine everything is wet, sticky, and everywhere. I mean, your city is quoted herself saying it is sticky. There yes. are, like, she admits that she is in a lot of sticky situations and not in like and all related to the sexy kind. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, good for them. Good for them. Moving on. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> there, there is the, the detail that Orpheus painted very detailed paintings of Euricides vagina and other intimate areas and kept his promise. And he kept his promise. He never exposed them. And she, like, mm -hmm. he had an internal dialogue about it. And he was like, oh, it was so great. And she had an internal dialogue about it. Um, also saying, oh, like, I guess he never broke his promise. He really did, like, not show them to anybody. Yeah. It's like, mm, mm. I, I feel like it was a weird detail to add. Maybe it was. Maybe it's like one of those things that were like, somebody's good. Like, I can't imagine having that specific detail from both POVs, because this is a three POV book between Orpheus, Euricity, and Charon. Um, somebody finds the paintings, just like yeah. if somebody's photos or videos leaked. Like, maybe, maybe that's where we're going with this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just tell me about the, uh, this Zoom call. This Zoom call. <laughs> Which, Credit to Katie. She doesn't say Zoom. And I know that's a criticism that we have um, when, you know, between us on the podcast, when other authors kind of like reference certain technology or like social media platforms because we feel like it dates where what's happening in the book. And this one, she just is like, oh, boxes pop up. And we're like, OK, that's Zoom. But like it's implied. Maybe Zoom's not going to be the thing years from now um but there's basically a zoom call with hades and persephone and her sister calista who's hera um and oh they're basically like what's happening in the upper city yeah yeah and it's and it's it's really funny because the hermes is there like, she's sweating, right? And everyone's like, hey, where have you been? You haven't been showing up for these meetings, like, in oh, over yeah. a month. Like, you're a traitor. Yeah, she even had her video on. They were like, she was walking in a hurry. She could have just left the video off. Yeah. It's and like, they're mm -hmm. all guessing what's happening. Oh, yeah, this is the chapter where they're guessing what's happening of who is behind this, right? 
Yeah, because because Ariadne has already confessed that oh. Ariadne, Ariadne has already confessed and um, Eurycity has already told Hades about like, the plot. So let's let's just talk about this whole plot in this Zoom meeting. So in this Zoom meeting, Hades drops that we have a stranger that showed up to Aiea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, narration, for telling me how to pronounce that word. Aiea to the island 15 years ago and said, yo, 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 if you let me lead you, I will promise you Olympus because the island is very isolated. That person is named Circe. Okay. And the barrier is falling because 15 years ago when Circe went to Aiea to pitch that she rule it in exchange for uh, Olympus, she took a piece of the barrier with her. And everybody at this meeting is like, what? Except, Except for Zeus, Ares, Ares, Aries and and Hermes. Hermes, thank you. And Hermes is just like, oh, finally. I thought I was going to have to fucking spell it out for you guys. Oh, you finally know it's her. Okay, bye. And we don't hear from her the rest of the book. Yeah, and I still think it was bold of her Hermes to just show up and be like, I mean, clearly it was because she wanted to know. She's still part of the 13, even though she's on the run. Um, yeah. But she wanted to know, like, she, she's Hermes. It's part of her role to know what's going on. And cause chaos. Yeah. So it's like, mm, 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 okay. So then it's like, okay, well, who who is Cersei? And that's why Cersei was Zeus's second wife. And I believe that I, Laura Marie, I believe that I called this plot point very specifically in which one, Jess? Was? Radiant Sin. Because now we know with this book that... Cersei was the other person that Hermes was talking to in the secret passageway of Minos's house because it used to be Hermes's house. And that was in Sexy Clue. I think I specifically called this in Sexy Hunger Games in the Ares plot. Is that the that the Wicked Beauty? I'm don't quote me. Don't quote me on which book Patroclus, it is. With Patroclus, Patroclus, it's Patroclus, Achilles, uh, Achilles, yeah, Achilles and Helena. Achilles. Yeah, yeah, it's sexy, sexy Hunger Games. I believe I called the big bad being. You did keep saying you're like, who is this person? I think it's a woman. I think it's this. Why did? Why don't we have more mention of her? I think. I think if someone wants to go back and timestamp that, that would be very helpful. Please do. Please do that. That would be nice. Uh, okay. So after this very nice Zoom meeting, which we have, where it's all laid out there finally, everybody knows all the information, which is nice. Everybody knows essentially all the information. Um, Orpheus just wants to paint. I just want to dance. Orpheus just wants to paint. Um, and um, and this is where we have a conversation while. Um, Karen cooks, right? Karen's cooking. It relaxes him, right? And everything is all in the open. They both love Euricity. You know, they don't really love each other. Like, the boys don't love each other yet. They're so... They fit seamlessly with each other. Yep. I meant what I said when I said we were endgame. That's what I quoted. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We have another very sexy time that includes washing dishes. And uh, a nice little double double penetration situation. Good for all of them. Happy for them. We Happy should for them. Also mention that 
leading up to the Zoom, we have another attack on the on Hades' sex club. Um, and it's just like another thing. It's it's to create instability and um, uncertainty amongst the people of the lower city. And Hades is like, Karen, you got two days. I don't know what to tell you. This is hitting too close to home. This is hurting my people. My wife's at risk. My family's at risk. Figure it out or we're shutting shit down and we're going to put up a barrier. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to put up a barrier. We also have uh, in that scene, too, it's just like this was planned. They were professionals. We knew it was coming. Like they were watching us. How did they get in? How did they get out? And we know because Hermes, Hermes has been the in the whole time. And this is where everybody's admittedly saying, well, Hermes knows everything. If Hermes is involved and Hermes has spilled our secrets and she's one of the 13, we're fucked. Mm hmm. Yep. Absolutely fucked. So, we are almost at the end of this. Almost, almost. Uh, Euricity feels peace after waking up in Charon's room, you know, surrounded by Charon and Orpheus. Very fun. Uh, the, the order of the day is Persephone, Ariadne, Euricity, and Orpheus go to Medusa and Calypso's house to see Ariadne, who is making cookies slash pies. They sound great. Yeah, it almost made me wonder if it was like some sort of baklava or empanada or something that i was like whatever it is i want it and persephone is pregnancy craving cravings kick in because she's like falling in love with these cookie pies and at the same time saying like shoving her shoving these like delicacies in her mouth at the while saying at the same time by the way you gotta leave yes yeah. yeah bt dubs you need to leave uh you're going to get married off. You can't be here. Like, we're going to give you a country house. Like, don't get mad, Euricity. Minos was doing this the whole time, too. And Ariadne's like, yo, this is a better deal than I was expecting, honestly. Like, I know. And even Persephone was like, look, we're, sh- we're hooking her up with one of the people mom would have hooked us up with anyway if we didn't get what we got with our, you know, all the high power people we wound up being with. Yeah. So that and Euricity's like kind of mad about at Persephone for about this. There, there are certain things that Euricity is mad about that I'm like, sorry, oh, she's, is a, she's like a ruler. Like, get over it. She's a ruler. They're looking out for people. You're clearly like not ready for politics. Even Hades, even at one point, Hades obviously brings Euricity in. He's like, yes, you're my sister, sister in law, but he wants to give her a purpose. And he goes and he tells, you know, without your city knowing, but to Persephone and Charon, she needs this purpose. She needs something because it, at least if she has this purpose, I can kind of guide her in a certain way and know and, and ensure a certain amount of safety as opposed to her kind of running off on her own without the skill set that she would need. And that's what he's doing because there's, there's another thing like when and we're going to get to it between like the shootout or this, that, the other thing. She goes, she's upset or when the barrier, barrier is going down about getting Ariadne back to the upper city. She goes, he made a promise and my sister made a promise. And I know that that's not the first thing on his mind right now. Cause obviously people were just shot at. Like, why is that? I just, I think her priorities were not in the right place <laughs> at that time. Yeah, it really wasn't. And Jess, you're talking about the shootout. Well, there is like a shootout right here because right after they leave their house, I say they, Persephone, Euricity, and Orpheus, they are fucking shot at mm-hmm. going to their car. 
Um, Persephone gets a cut on her cheek, like she's okay, but like, damn. Um, and Orpheus like jumps on Euricity, right? And like tackles her or whatever. They let Kara know what's going on. Um, the cars are being tracked. Hades goes after Katie's and Caron go after the shooters as and they, they should. Yeah. And they have a whole plot situation. And then Euricity and Persephone go back to the house and, and they stay there. Um, so Hades the house was on lockdown. Yeah. And that was the order because he knew because Hades knows his wife. We all and we know Persephone that if she got into that house and she was saying, where's my husband? I need to talk to him right now. And they were like, yeah. So your husband left and now we're on lockdown. Um, And she like he knew he knew Persephone would have been like, I'm I'm going after my husband. Like, we can't do that right now. You were also just shot at and you're pregnant with twins. So we need to. And you're still in your first trimester, which anybody if they're familiar with pregnancy knows that the first trimester is, you know, sometimes you don't tell anybody till after your first trimester. Yep. So. Karen and Hades and the team, really, there's a there's a security team go off after these these shooters. Uh, they break in. It's too easy. It's too easy. Oh, my God. It's a trap. Oh, my God. They realized it's a trap. They were lured there. There's not enough guys. There's nobody shooting at them. It was too easy. Uh, they try to leave. The doors are barricaded. Um, there's a shootout, just as you were saying. And um, Karen jumps over Hades to, like, protect him from a big explosion. And he gets his back all fucked up. Karen does. And then they all leave in a tank, which is fun. And they run over all the attackers. <laughs> and then they say, if there's any left, like, pick them up. We're taking them back with us. Uh, and then they, they, you know, they go and they meet them at the house. And that is when Persephone is at Euricity. And she's like, yo, we're going to the hospital wing. It's going to be some scary shit. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Because they cannot handle you losing your shit. And I love that. I love that. And I, but I also like the empathy that comes with Persephone there too, because she goes, I'm not saying it's a judge of character for you. Be, I'm saying it because me personally, I've done it. And I kind of like, I've been there. That first day is really scary. And I almost kind of lost my shit the first day. So I will not judge you if you need to take a step back. She goes, no, I can handle it. They go in. Um, Karen is burned and unconscious. It's a whole thing. Okay. Uh, so, and Haiti says like, they're really like it was a stupid trap. Like they all fought to the death. I'm closing the barrier to the lower city. Like Ariadne's got to go get her the fuck out. She leaves at sunset. Orpheus, what about you? You good? What's up? Like make a fucking choice. Okay. Uh, the barrier to the lower city is key to me, Hades and my family. So it does not fucking matter what's going on with the like general outside barrier of Olympus. Good plot stuff. Oh, yeah. Great plot stuff. And I like that he because he's never been one to deal with the 13. He's loved his little isolation in the lower city. He kind of just humors everybody by showing up. We know this from the first book with Neon Gods of kind of his his con contingencies of working with the public, working with Demeter, working with a 13. And he straight up says at this part, he goes, Everybody, they they need to figure their shit out because this has nothing to do with me. I need to take care of my people. My my people are separate from that. And the this barrier might be up forever, might not. But you need to work on the premise of for forever because 
that's that's where my focus is. Yep. The barrier is a golden shimmer. And Ariadne goes with Callisto slash Hera because Hera is Callisto. Callista is Hera. And they deliver her and they take her on the Cypress Bridge. Hera is also doing shady shit with Hermes. We don't know what that is specifically, but we know she's doing it. And we know Hera is all about the bigger picture. We've pretty much known this since, uh, I can't remember the book two with Eros and, and Psyche. She was like, I need to be the big sister. I need to step up my shit because if I'm not the one, my other sister's at risk and I'll be damned if Zeus touches your city. Everybody else is going to be fine, but I need to do this. So we've known since book two that Callista has been doing her little machinations in the background. What that is, we still don't know yet, but this is really like Callista stepping into it right now. And I'm excited to see what happens there. What I'm excited about is how these sanctuary laws are going to come into play because Orpheus is like, just he's just like thinking, watching like Ariadne go. He's like, yeah, like I remember learning about like the details about the sanctuary laws and school and shit, but like I don't remember anything about them. Won't be important. Oh, right. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> okay. Sure. Fine. Orpheus decides he will stay. Uh, and now, and now we're at the very end. We're at a close circle. No, I'm going to make you say it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I will say, um, you know, I don't love you yet, but I'm falling for you. There's a lot of sexy nurse jokes. This is Orpheus, Karen, and Eurycity flirting in the hospital. Um, Jess, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because you know end it. it. End it for us. End it for us. So Charon raps and he goes, you know, he's not feeling well there in the medical bay. His back is all burned and sexy nurse jokes. And he goes, will you stay with me a little while? And Eurycity and Orpheus are like, yeah, but not just a little while. We'll stay with you forever. Sorry, not just a little while. We'll stay with you for forever. What? <laughs> Woo. <laughs> you did so good. You did so good. You did so good. We got there. We got there. You did so good. Um, again, me not coming from a romance background really struggled. I really struggled. I just didn't feel like this is how real people would act. But again, like there's the argument of like, who gives a shit? It's a book. Like you're there for the smut. Like, yeah, okay. But I'm also like really kind of invested in this background plot that's going on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even, okay. I, but here, I, I, I argue that I do come from a romance background and we have been following Katie's work for a long time. And I just, this didn't feel like the strongest romance that she's written and i think and and i mean it's 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 not the worst thing either but i'm just we when you when you know when we you know when you have people you're like you we know what you can do this wasn't that that we're used to that we're used to and at least for us this is just our opinions um I don't know. I don't know. Was This was not your favorite book. No, no, not at all. This is not my favorite book. However, I deeply appreciate the audio arc that we were given. Yeah. We 
I mean, just speaking for me personally, I think that audio arcs are phenomenal and something that should be more readily available to people and more like easily like approved and like so that more people can have them. I just think it's a wonderful tool that is not spoken about mm. a lot. And and I also know that it is hard to get audio arcs out. There's a lot of like recording time and like it all has to be out. Like I understand like the process behind it. But an audio arc is really lovely. So I'm glad that we had that experience. I don't know if it if if it was beneficial <laughs> to um the story for us. Do Just you do, but I well, like I like the female narrator a lot. Yeah, I like her. And apparently, um, from some things that I had read and I had gone back on, she's used these narrators before. So yeah. I think if you're going to do the audio for Dark Olympus, don't do them necessarily. Don't like binge them back to back or you might start confusing the characters. But it's a nice differentiation. And Katie, as always, does a great job at you don't need to necessarily do an entire reread to remember what's going on in the current book. Um, did you have a favorite part? Hmm. Yeah. When the, when Euricity and Orpheus go to pick up Persephone to go to lunch at the dryad and the dogs greet them mm. at the door and the dogs are like, yay, Euricity. And then they're like, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? No. Woof, 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 woof. And Persephone is like, what's going on out here? And Euricity's like, call off your dog. And she goes, mm. I don't think I will. What the fuck are you doing here, asshole? Can you like, imagine I love three that. little JJs just like bark, 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 barking? Oh, he's so perfect. I love it. I just, I just love it. And I love Persephone just being like, mm, no, I don't think I will. You're in my house, in my city. Fuck off. I love that. I really like Persephone. Uh, do I love that she's pregnant? I hate that trope, but in this story for this, it works. I, I love her as a character here, so she's rocking it. It was really refreshing to get Persephone, like not just a mention of her, but really Persephone as the queen of the lower city that we knew. Like she was just still as badass, still like what even Orpheus, he says, at first, it, like, he says a comment of, I didn't see what they saw in each other, referring to Hades and Persephone. Um, but then I saw it, and she's just as scary as he is when she's riled. And it just reminded me, we're currently, um, I'm currently going through a read of uh, The Right Thing to Do, which is a Dramione fanfic. And it reminds me of Harry in this, in this specific fic, where he's like, I didn't see you and... Draco at first, but I get it. I get it now. Like, y'all just get each other. And I love when, like, the relationship doesn't make sense to outsiders because only you kind of understand because we all have, like, external personalities and masks that we have the public perceive. And this is just, like, a tie-in to that. And I like that. That being said, uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks so much for joining us and being patient with us, uh, with our opinions for this book. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.